Welcome to the Aging Project podcast. Thank you for being here. I'm your host, Shelley Craft. As I've got older, I've come to realise we all need advice when it comes to aging well. So for season one of the show, I've pulled together the best possible support team for us. Doctors, researchers, coaches and creatives. Nothing is off limits. Food and nutrition, movement and mobility, menopause and gut health. Finding a sense of meaning. I want to cover it all. I believe with the Aging Project community banded together, our choices will be infinitely better, more informed, more considered. So if, like me, you believe ageing well starts now, not when you hit 60 or 70, then let's get going and start learning from some of the best. Welcome to today's episode. So I'm trying to pivot everybody's mindset from, oh my God, I'm ageing, to I am going to live the best I can live at whatever age I happen to be chronologically, however many candles I have that can burn down my kitchen. All I'm doing is living and I need to optimize my living. That was orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Vonda Wright. She's someone who deals with bones. So if you break a leg or a hip, you'd go see Vonda. Dr. Vonda is the author of multiple books, including Fitness in Your 40s, 50s and 60s, and she knows a lot about bone and muscle health. Dr. Vonda makes a compelling argument for building movement into our daily lives. Moving is a critical piece of the Aging Well puzzle, so please enjoy this chat with Dr. Vonda and I'll join you again on the other side. To kick it off, can I ask you why mobility and fitness after 40 is something that you are so passionate about? You know, as an orthopedic surgeon, the easiest tool in my toolbox is to help people be mobile. You know, when when people think about why do you get up every morning and make the donuts or go to work or whatever our jobs are, why do you actually do that? Some people would think that an orthopedic surgeon would say, oh, because I like to fix things or I like to put metal in bones. But the fact of the matter is when I think about why I get up every day, it's because I know that by saving mobility, I'm actually saving lives. And the reason is that there are 33 chronic diseases Everything that you would think about, whether it's heart disease, stroke, dementia, Alzheimer's, everything, everyone that you love has died of, is positively impacted by mobility. For instance, the more you move, the healthier you are. So I know that as an orthopedic surgeon, when I restore your mobility, I'm actually saving you from the ravages of chronic disease. And that is worth getting up for in the morning. Absolutely. And probably a great place to start. Getting up in the morning is possibly the first sign that we need to get more mobile. You know, we're getting a little bit achy, a little bit creaky. We're not bouncing out of bed like we used to. But we could be at this age, couldn't we? There's no difference between bouncing out of bed at 10 and bouncing out of bed at 40. Well, actually, I'm glad you said that because uh, there is a myth in, in the United States, probably in Australia too, that aging is this inevitable decline from the vitality of youth down some slippery slope to frailty, and that there's nothing we can do about it. But ladies, I and gentlemen and everyone listening, um, I am here to tell you that that is a myth, that we can be healthy, vital, active, joyful, long into the foreseeable future if we invest every day in not only our mobility, but the other pillars of health. But You know, I have to be honest with you, ladies, that over the 20 years of my career, I have tried every method for motivating people. 
I've tried the I'm your doctor, do what I say method, the, <laughs> you know, the, the coaching method, the please help yourself method. But here's what I've learned over time, that until we believe that we are worth the daily investment in our own health and self-care, nothing else matters. I can't make you do it. You can't. Only you can make you do it. You can make yourself move. And so our job as physicians and, and broadcasters and health educators is to really pivot mindset around how much you can really help yourself. That's a wonderful way to go about it. But again, as women, we often put ourselves last and it's something here at The Ageing Project we're working on. We're putting mm -hmm. ourselves maybe not first just yet, but we're certainly moving up the ladder of importance uh, in our own families. Maybe the scare tactic might work today. Can you explain a little bit about the impacts of a sedentary lifestyle? You know, what happens to our bodies when we don't prioritise movement? Well, I think you can look around and see what happens. We, we um, gain weight in places that we never wanted to. And let's talk about that a little bit. I actually don't care what you weigh because muscle weighs more than fat, right? So it's not about the actual number on the scale. It's, a, it's actually about your percent body fat. Fat is not just inconveniently hanging around in different locations in our body. Fat is a noxious metabolic organ that releases cytokines, which are chemicals that will kill you, right? So what Ethan, I want, there you go. Tell it how it, tell it, how I mean, it is. Should I be, Fat will kill you. Should I be more politically correct? No, I don't, I don't no think so. not at all. No. Ladies, I want you to go out and build lean muscle mass. By doing that, whether it's lifting weights, lifting the garbage, lifting your children or grandchildren, maintaining our lean muscle mass, uh, will keep us healthy and strong and mobile. So number one, it's we need we need to stay mobile uh, to maintain our lean muscle mass. We know that there is a direct relationship between resilience, hardiness, and and mobility. There is a direct chemical relationship between depression and no mobility. If you get up in the morning and you burn out and sweat it off for twenty minutes every morning, that my friends equals the same endorphin relief as one Prozac, which Prozac is an antidepressant in the United States. I don't know if it's the same, if it's commonly prescribed in Australia, but uh, it gives you the same elevation of brain chemicals that you would get medically, right? Almost every single disease, I can talk about it. So we need our lean muscle mass comes from mobility. We need the stamina, which comes from mobility. We need to be able to maintain our balance and equilibrium, which comes from just practicing standing on one leg, climbing stairs, because here's what happens to women and men across the world is that as we reach about 70, we will fall from a standing position and a high percent of us will break our hip. If you break your hip, 50% of us will not return to pre-fall function and 30% of us will die in the first year. That is one reason alone to stay mobile. And maybe that's enough of a scare tactic but, yeah, I like that one. That's a yeah. good one. I noticed that happened with my grandma the first time she took a fall and she was probably 70, which again seemed really old back then, but now 70, I think, is the new 40, so we're good. Um, it's amazing that she the, the decline from that point on was extraordinary. 
um, her After Alzheimer's her kicked in. Mm -hmm. Her mental function wasn't obviously there, not just due to the Alzheimer's, but, but everything. And, and I put it down to that first fall that she took. You know what, I think, I think that would not be inaccurate at all. So if we can prevent falls by building lean muscle mass, maintaining our bone density, and we can talk about how to do that across a lifespan. But here's the thing that I want to, you didn't even ask me to pivot to this, but I really want to get a mindset change here because I don't want to leave you guys with a bunch of negative thoughts on this badness is going to happen. Listen, aging is the most natural thing that we do as humans because from the minute of conception to the minute of our deaths, what are we doing? We're aging every moment, 1,440 times a day, we age a minute, right? And it's natural. And we want to do that. I mean, none of us here are 20. I wouldn't want to be 20 again. You 20-year-olds, no, you God, enjoy no. it because it's not the best time in life. But I, part of my mission now is not only to talk about mobility and to talk about how we can harness the science of aging, uh, aging science, or how we can harness lifestyle changes, but I am really trying to change the mindset every time I talk about aging from... I never say the word anti-aging. I'm going to say it right now, but I never say it because I'm not anti-aging. I am about living more every moment. And so I'm trying to pivot everybody's mindset from, oh my God, I'm aging to, I am going to live the best I can live at whatever age I happen to be chronologically, however many candles I have that can burn down my kitchen. All I'm doing is living and I need to optimize my living. And I think that's what you guys are about too, honestly. Absolutely. I feel like saying amen to that. That's exactly yeah. what we're trying to do here. Yeah. We hear a lot about these the blue zones, I guess, these places around yeah. the world where people live so much longer than everybody else. What is the magic that they have? Is it in the water? Is it in the food? I think, again, it's probably all those things. But these blue zones, what are people doing in those zones that we could be doing everywhere? And is that the key to aging well? Well, so those of you that haven't heard of the Blue Zones, there's a, a book, uh, several books now called The Blue Zones by a social scientist named Dan Buettner, who, who did a project where he did research around the world and really searched out communities where they were living the longest. And there are nine of them, where on average, people live 114 years. Now, some aging scientists today believe that babies born today will easily live to 120. But what are these Blue Zones doing? Well, you would think they were doing all kinds of complicated mumbo jumbo, but no, here's what they're doing. Number one, they live in, except for Loma Linda, which is a, a, a city area and a church in, um, in California, most of these places are very simple. They're agrarian. They still walk everywhere. They herd sheep. They keep gardens, right? They're not high-tech inner cities, right? So number one, they're agrarian societies. They get out. They're walking every day. They're not running marathons, but they're putting in a lot of steps. Number two, they eat simple whole foods. Listen, I want to tell you that no fluorescent color food is grown in nature, except maybe a kiwi. But the nature does not make the same color fluorescent foods that you find in the grocery store, processed foods. So these people, the Blue Zone people, eat vegetables, fruits, and lean lean meat uh, or lean proteins and grains, right? Mm -hmm. Number three, 
they are non-toxic, meaning uh, they don't overload themselves with high levels of tobacco. They do drink alcohol, but not at excess. It's, you know, one glass or one little bit, you know, it's, it's just not excessive toxins because no matter what the literature says about alcohol, alcohol is a brain toxin and it increases the risk of breast cancer in women. So we have to really examine what we're doing with that toxin. So that's three. Number four, they uh, don't overwork. They value mm -hmm. their rest, right? So that's something at, uh, that I know I've struggled with until recently because in my career, I have not always been in control of my sleep. But now that I am, I completely protect it. And then the other thing that I think is really interesting about the blue zones, be besides these things we've talked about, is that they really value social interaction. There's a group of, of a blue zone in, in Japan where when the children are tiny and around kindergarten, they put them into groups. And those groups of people grow up together, they go to school together, they raise their children together, they become old ladies together, they sit around doing what old ladies do, talking to each other, doing their work together. So they have these deep social ties. There is no magic in the blue zones, but these blue zones do it better all these social determinants of health better than we do, right? So That's it. We've if, got so far away from that, haven't we? When you spell out those simple things, there's not many of us that are doing at least, you know, two or three of those. But to put them all together, it sounds like the idyllic life, the, the one that we're all searching for. Well, and you know what? Um, many people, including myself, during the two, two years of pandemic we've had now, have, we're forced to slow down. And, and one of my takeaways from... You know, even there was a time when we weren't allowed to do elective surgeries anymore and we were forced to really slow down the hectic pace. And I think what people are reflecting, at least, you know, the crowds I hang around with, is that is that there really is more to life than driving ourselves into the ground and working. You know, it sounds crazy to say, but here's an example. When I trained in, in surgery, I was the last level group class of surgeons that trained without an 80 hour work week restriction, which sounds crazy because 80 hours is no joke. 40 is normal for normal people. Young doctors are now restricted to 80. But when I was Gosh. growing up, there was no restriction. So it was very common for me to work 120 hours a week. So without even the, blinking an eye at that, it's what you have to do to take care of people. Well, it's the continuity of care that you people deserve comes for the sacrifice of us, right? So, but now that those of us have lived that, and now that we've lived a slow down life, we're like, oh my gosh, there really is something to taking care of ourselves and resting and not allowing burnout to happen. And it's a key to aging well, because at night sleep, let's talk about sleep a minute. Sleep is not a passive product, a project. You're not just laying there. Uh, your body is not passed out. Your consciousness is passed out. But at night, we are so metabolically active. Our brain is processing memories. Our body is repairing itself. Unless you allow yourself that regenerative downtime when you are unconscious, but your body is working hard to restore, you will not only live poorly, but you'll definitely age poorly. 
I'm a huge advocate for sleep and it's probably just occurred to me that the sun rises and sets for a reason. Oh. And maybe that's when we're <laughs> supposed to be asleep. You go back to the blue zones, right? right? They're not they're just up at dawn and they probably go to bed at dusk and that's how it works. They get the sleep they need. They're moving their bodies just in day-to-day activities and probably a lot more physical than we are now whether they're farming or as you say walking to the markets or living in those communities where, you know, public transport isn't the the key you're sort of moving just in your day-to-day but that's giving you so much more than we do now from our kitchen to the car the car to the office sit in the chair back in the car back to the kitchen and to bed there's there's not a lot of movement going on there uh there isn't so sometimes we have to build it into our lifestyles i find myself i travel a lot for work and i think that i have this really busy day i I leave home um to catch the first flight and then i sit on a plane for two hours and catch up on some really crappy television and then uh sit in a car go to work walk around a little bit hop back in the car back on the plane back in the car and to home and i think i've had a huge day and i look at my steps and i've literally done maybe if i'm lucky 2,000 steps in that day but I feel like I've had a really active day and it's just not when you break it down and look at it as simply as have you moved your body today not really well and I love that you said it does it's as simply as because sometimes people think and, and use it as a barrier that you have to do something really fancy or you have to belong to a Taj Mahal gym that you can barely afford or literally I mean it's as simple as just getting up and even I hear you, I used to travel a lot and I would be exhausted, but also I didn't take advantage of walking around the airport and I still don't. I don't want you to think I've changed my habit, but you sit there waiting on your plane to take off for hours and I personally could use that time and I never have, right? I've never done laps of the airport, but I certainly could. I certainly could. <laughs> I feel like I should be doing this interview on a treadmill or a climber or... <laughs> One of those mountain machines or something rather than sitting here chatting. So what's the difference then between, as you say, belting yourself at the gym or doing three hours of exercise or training for a marathon? What's the level of fitness that we need or movement that we need uh, to increase increase that muscle mass? Well, uh, in my first book called Fitness After 40, I came up with an acronym called Face Your Future because there really is a way for those of us who have lived enough life to have a little bit of experience, need to address our mobility so that we don't get hurt. And I call it face. Number one is flexibility. We must stretch out every major muscle group every day. Now, it will not take hours to do that. You just hold your, let's say you're doing a quadriceps stretch for 30 long seconds. Don't bounce, don't go five seconds on, five seconds off, 30 seconds, and that will tire out your muscles enough that they will relax and they will extend. So you do that for every much every major muscle group every day. So that's F, flexibility. A is aerobic. It doesn't matter how you get your heart rate up. You can walk, you can run, you can walk, run, you can do stairs, you can do a rower. I love a rower and many people ask me, okay, how do I get it all in in the least amount of time? Well, if you wanna do a total body workout in the least amount of time, go get on a rower. You get your arms, you get your core, you get your butt, you get your legs, 20 to 30 minutes. So whatever it is, get your heart rate up 20 to 30 minutes. Now, I'm going to stay on this for two seconds because if you jump on a piece of equipment or run your heart out 
and you don't ease into it, I guarantee you, you will be sore for the next week and you will stop. So when, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So when I am encouraging people to start, I ask them to do something called speed play, which is choose, choose your poison, choose your good thing, whether, whatever it is, warm up for five minutes. So you're a little breathless. You've broken a little bit of a sweat. Then I want you to increase your speed for three minutes. I want you to be truly breathless in those three minutes at whatever cadence you can do for the whole three minutes. But then guess what? You get to completely slow down and recover. So I'm going to tell you how I do this on the treadmill, just to give you a concrete example. So I'm a runner, but I'm a mere mortal runner. I'm not an Olympic runner. So these num these these speeds are going to sound that that like that to you guys. But um, I warm up at about on the treadmill. Um, it's 4.0. I just warm up. It's a fast walk for me. It, it's that point on the treadmill where you have to decide whether you're going to jog or walk, right? It's You have to choose. So I warm up. Then I turn my treadmill up to 7.5, which uh, for me is a pretty good pace. And I go for three minutes. And then when I'm done, I get to turn it all the way back to four or sometimes 3.2. So I'm, I don't, I'm not out of breath anymore at the end of two minutes. Mm -hmm. Then I go three, two, three, two, until I work up to about 20 minutes of this speed play. This is actually called speed play. And then I cool down. Now, the reason to do this is because you get to recover. You can gut anything out for three minutes if you know that you get to recover, right? And so, and then as you build up your fitness, you can either extend the time you do this, you can go from three, two to four, one, or you can just get faster, right? You've got all these options. And do you see how it's personalized to you? It's not the Vonda Wright yes. workout. It's the Shelly workout, right? Or it's the Susan or it's the whoever workout. You get to personalize it. So F for flexibility, A for aerobic, C is carry a load. I purposely did not call this lift weights on a machine because our bodies do not function like that. Machines are so artificial. Our bodies lift weights by carrying heavy baskets up the stairs or carrying all your groceries up the stairs in one arm. So when people are building lean muscle mass, when I prescribe this, I like them to do free weights or body weight or be on exercise balls, or not just sit there uh, on a leg press and you know press your legs. That is not the way our butts, our cores, and our quads work, right? So that's carry a load. And E, F-A-C-E, is equilibrium and balance. Remember, we talked about falling down and you told your own family story. The way we can rebuild our balance is to stand on one leg every morning when we're brushing our teeth right? Because if you get off balance, you yeah. just grab the sink. But meanwhile, this motion like this disrupts our balance and you will quickly retrain your balance so that as you might tip over and fall, you can re-catch it, right? So F-A-C-E, that's mm -hmm. how I like people 40 and above to plan their exercise regimens. That's fantastic. I love the idea. A, the toothbrushing yeah. thing, you know, we're all multitaskers and we can never find time in inverted commas for what we need to do. So that one you can get done straight That's up. Um, I need a destination. I'm no good at just 
going for a run. Mm -hmm. People go for a run. It's like, well, where do you want me to run? And how long do you want me to run? I don't know, just go for a, you know, come for a run. I'm like, no, no, no. I need a time frame. I need a destination. <laughs> so I love that, that treadmill idea of jumping on. And as you say, you can push it out for three minutes. You can do anything in your life for three minutes. That's a fantastic idea. So how long is this going to take? Uh, and again, I want results. Yes. So how long until I start feeling good after doing this? You know, this? you're going to surprise yourself. Um, that you are going to start feeling remarkably good after a couple weeks. You know, I'll tell you my own story. So during COVID, when we had slowed down from work, I did what so many other people in the U.S. did. I don't know if, if Australians did this, but I became an expert at sourdough bread making. And I've never baked. <laughs> it was banana bread here. Oh. It was the big thing. This is the big thing. Oh, I like banana bread better, but I have never been a baker in my life. And suddenly I'm like feeding this dough thing that I'm making. But so when co we when we started emerging from COVID, I thought, oh my gosh, I've got to do something about how breathless I'm getting all the time. So I started doing what I just told you, F-A-C-E and, and, mm -hmm. and really churning it out once for an hour a day. And you know what? In about two weeks, it was easier and easier. I no longer hated getting up every morning to do it. And in about a month, uh, my I, my weight didn't change because it's not about weight, but my clothes were fitting differently and better because mm -hmm. I was exchanging, remember, fat hanging off of me in inconvenient places to lean muscle mass, right? So it does not take that long. But that's why I encourage people to do this speed play. Uh, and I love the, Shelly, I need goals too, to set little goals. So do you know, uh, I, in my second book, it's called Guide to Thrive, and it's really a strategic plan for your health. And there's four steps, but the fourth step is to evaluate the work you've done and reward yourself. Mm -hmm. So Shelly, I don't know about you. Not with a donut. Not with a donut, but <laughs> I need goals too. So once I set a goal, and I, you know, I worked out and got back into shape over six weeks. Well, I get a reward. And for me, uh, I get a pair of hot shoes, right? I'm a stiletto wearing surgeon and I get a pair of hot yeah. shoes. But whatever your, whatever your reward is, set little goals and then reward yourself. You deserve it, right? Yes, we do. <laughs> you are right. So say if we start now, you know, we've all seen um, that amazing 70-year-old lady on the beach still in her swimmers, still diving through the waves and, and having a fabulous time and you sort of think that's a bit of an anomaly. Oh, my gosh, I'll never be like that when I'm 70. That's crazy. How did she do it? Is she some kind of, you know, yoga lattes guru that we're looking at? But I've read that you actually think at 70, we can be just as physically fit as we are today. Well, uh, when I started this work in 2005, maybe it was quite a while ago, um, I was probably myself and a couple other scientists were really alone in the idea that we can be healthy, vital, active, joyful. And in fact, uh, we were lonely standing on a mountaintop screaming, you can be better at any age. And so I didn't want to just believe that. I wanted to prove that. So within my, I'm an academic surgeon, which means not only do I take care of patients and do surgery, but I do research. So we began a series of studies which proved many, many things. And one of them was what just what you were saying, that when you invest every day in your mobility and age purposefully, 
that you do not slow down until your mid seventies, right? So people thought, oh my gosh, you're gonna, you know, you start, you're gonna slow down automatically when you turn 50. No, you dramatically change when you do nothing for yourself. If you invest every day, my research has shown that, that for instance, here's some data that, you know, the people I studied, the 50 year old man who won the one mile race Sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use miles and not kilometers. I don't know how to convert it. <laughs> the one-mile race ran it in four minutes and 34 seconds. The high school boy, the 18-year-old who won the national championships, the same year won it in four minutes and 17 seconds. That is 17 wow. seconds different in 40 years, right? The 70-year-old yeah. who won uh, the national senior games one mile, won it in seven minutes. Now I know 30 year olds who cannot run a one mile in seven minutes, right? So we, we studied all uh, uh, distances of track and field and found across all distances that we do not significantly slow down until we're in our mid seventies. We also found that we're capable of maintaining um, our bone density, especially if we do impact exercise. We found in a study that took me five years to do that with chronic mobility investing every day that we maintain our brain function. When I did that study, there were very few other studies out on this. Now there are many studies, but we know that there is a direct relationship between skeletal muscle contraction and the function of our brain. And, you know, because I'm a huge fan of lean muscle mass, we found that people who invest every day in their mobilities, their muscles remain lean and healthy. I like to visualize it for people. If you do that, your muscles will remain like flank steak. If you do not, you become a rump roast or a Kobe beef, all infiltrated with fat, and you become weaker. So we did these series of studies to prove that I'm just not some fitness chick trying to get you to exercise. I am telling you the truth that we can be healthy, vital, active, joyful if we believe that we are worth the daily investment in our mobility. And again, that visualization is fabulous. Do I want to look like a thoroughbred yes. or a Kobe How beef? How about that? And, you know, again, that's all the motivation I need. <laughs> <laughs> and feel, you know what, it's, it's one thing to look like it because believe me, I want to look like a thoroughbred. I, 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 I'm with you on that. But in my own life, I am honestly telling you that when I practice what I'm telling you today, and when I, we haven't even talked about smart nutrition, but I have completely cut out refined sugar from my diet mm -hmm. because sugar, white sugar that you add to things or that you turn over the back of the package and it says added sugar or white carbs like white pasta, all mm -hmm. those simple sugars completely inflame your body which is what leads to aging and it makes you sore. So I'm gonna tell you in my own life, when I cut out refined sugars, I was at an age and a, and a and whatever level that I was getting all those things that you talked about, stiff in the morning, it would take me a little while to, to warm up and then I would be fine. But do you know when I dropped the refined sugar from my diet, my body feels 29. I don't even feel this body. I just get up, right? And for me, and my brain is clearer, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I thought I lost my brain when I had my child and I got mommy brain and oh my God, it's back because I have eliminated 
refined sugar and the fog that causes. So for me, it's not only the my clothes are fitting better, thank goodness, because who wants to buy another whole wardrobe? But mostly I do this because I feel amazing. And that's it. Who doesn't want to feel like that? And it does take time, doesn't it? As you say, you'll start to feel good within three weeks. It's getting to that point and going, it is coming. I am going to start feeling good soon. I'm sure over your your thousands of patients, you've seen some extraordinary cases. Um, Can you recount one of those of one of the patients that surprised you the most? Well, uh, yes, I'm going to tell you about, and, and I've written about her in a book of mine, um, a woman named Mary. So my youngest child played recreational basketball and we would go every Sunday night and Mary and her husband ran the recreational league. And Mary, like so many other women, took care of everyone except herself. She had three children of her own. She took care of our children. She corralled her husband. I mean, listen, she was the penultimate caregiver except for herself. So that one winter, you know, she's a marvelous person. The next winter, when basketball season came again, I took my child back to this recreational league, and there was this woman across the gym. And you know how when you see someone, you're like, I think I know them. I think I recognize them, but I don't know from where. It was Mary. Mary had gone from probably about 100 pounds overweight just really having difficulty being short of breath, huffing and puffing up the stairs, to the woman looked like a triathlete. She was had lean muscle mass. Wow. She was about a size four. She was just running everywhere, high energy. And I'm like, oh, my God, Mary, what did you do? And she said, listen, I just decided to take care of myself first. And she said, and I said, well, get specific for me. How did, come on, because everybody can say that. She's like, well, Sunday night, I just planned my meals for the week. I pre-cut all these vegetables that I just put in little bags so that every day after school, when she would usually go to the vending machine and get chocolate or chips or soda, that she would just pull out her little baggie of celery and carrots and whatever and feed her hunger. And then she was the one that taught me, I frequently say this from the dais in a joking way, that there are no dishes police If after dinner, you push away from the table, leaving the dishes on the table, and go for a walk and take care of yourself first, nobody comes to your house to arrest you, and the (laughs) dishes don't walk away. It's not like you got to get to them quick before they walk away. Take care of yourself first. Everything else can follow. And she miraculously changed her life. And she inspired me and she has inspired so many thousands of other people by telling her story and just living a life where she thought that she was important enough little by little. I think one of the problems that we have, honestly, Shelley, is that we set goals that are too big, right? We mm-hmm. set goals for in a year, I'm going to be a hundred pounds less, or by next summer, when I go back to my high school reunion, I'm going to you know, be miraculously 18 again. I think the goals we need to set sometimes are day to day. When I was coming Mm -hmm. off of sugar, it was, I am going to make it through the day without popping a couple cookies because I'd Mm -hmm. rather eat cookies for breakfast than anything, honestly. Just (laughs) so, you know, we have these cookies that, that the Girl Scouts sell here and uh, three of them called Thin mints, the most delicious things you've ever tasted. Three of them. They're about, you know, they're the size of a two inches. 
three of them. Don't think about it, Fonda. No. Don't think about well, it. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> three of them, which is, you know, I could eat a whole sleeve of about 25 of them. Three of them are 180 <laughs> calories. Ladies, you have to run two miles to get rid of 180 calories. Oh, God. So for me, every, I take it day by day. I think, are those three cal three cookies worth two miles of gutting it out? Mm-hmm. No. Walk mm-hmm. away. So let, I encourage people, let's just get through today taking care of ourselves. Because then what will happen after about a week of, of trying so hard? You don't want to cheat because you've already worked so hard for a whole week. You're like, oh, I can't because yeah. it's been seven days. And then I will. I'll let myself down. Don't do it. Don't I'll do it. I'll ruin it. So, you know, that. so let's let's do it every day not six months in advance. You have inspired me beyond belief. I, You are my girl, Dr. Vonda, <laughs> whether it's uh, listening to your podcasts or reading your book, you have this amazing, obviously, just love for life, but obviously passion um, for making people live an ageless life. So I'm sure you have inspired all of our listeners here at The Aging Project today. We are going to be ageless by the next time I speak to you. I can't thank you enough for your time today. It's been my pleasure and I hope some time to uh, get to come and meet you. So if anyone is ever going to get you motivated to start living well right now, it has to be Dr. Vonda Wright, doesn't it? She's an extraordinary woman with just immense energy and motivation. And as she said, ageing, it's the most natural thing we will do. So it is time to embrace it right now and today. So the question's for you. Have you moved your body today? Do you like her face analogy, the face, the future, flexibility, aerobic, carrier load and your equilibrium and balance? Yes, I will now be brushing my teeth on one foot for the rest of my life. (laughs) Some other great takeaways from today, obviously her speed play. And I think it's really important to note that, yes, it doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you're doing something. And the more you do that something, the easier it's going to get. So Dr. Vonda, she has got us up and out of our seats. And even if it's just for a standing ovation, do it on one leg. Thank you so much for joining us today on The Aging Project. I hope you stay tuned for our next episode. And if you'd like to keep in touch with us, do it via our socials at The Aging Project on Instagram and Facebook. I am off for some speed play. I'll catch you soon. The Aging Project is brought to you by Poly Studio. They're our go-to team for all things podcasting.